Father, we just want to thank you. We just want to praise you, Lord, for today. Resurrection Sunday. All the days in the calendar, this is the most important day, Lord. We just want to thank you. Thank you, thank you, Father, thank you. I pray, Father, today as we look into your word, you would speak to us. You would show us what resurrection means to every child of God. That how short of that resurrection we live our daily lives. And what God has made possible for his children by raising Jesus from, Jesus from the dead. Open our eyes. As the apostle prayed, open our eyes. Give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Oh, Father, we need it more than ever in our lives, Lord. Speak to us. To that end, we commit ourselves. Hearing ears, an understanding mind, a believing heart, and the will to obey is what we seek and we offer. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Please keep the doors shut. Yeah. The resurrection. C.S. Lewis said, it is a central event in human history. You remove resurrection from Christianity, you do not have Christianity. Christianity is built entirely on the resurrection. There are other parts yet. But you take resurrection out, Christianity falls apart. Judaism can stand on the Ten Commandments. Christianity stands on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus banked his entire life and preaching his ministry on the resurrection. That was one sign that he gave, the sign of Jonah. Three days and three nights, the Son of Man will be in the belly of the earth. Then he will rise. And that was what the disciples struggled most with. Please remember, if we are saved and we are seated here, it's because of the resurrection. Yes, Good Friday is important. The second most important day. He came, he died. But if he did not rise from the dead, it still would not have any meaning still would not have made any difference. So first, we look. If Christ is not risen, 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 14, if Christ is not risen, then my preaching is empty. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. My preaching is empty. And your faith is in vain. You only will have a good lunch, but the rest of it is all pointless. All our songs, our prayers, everything we do is of no avail. My preaching is empty. Your faith is empty. If Christ is not risen. If the preaching of the word of God is the power of God unto salvation, it is through the preaching, it's because Christ is risen. If Christ is not risen, Every preaching of the word is just empty. And people who gather in churches 
are wasting their time. They are wasting their time. Our faith also is empty. Um, this one is creating a racket over here. Sammy, could you put it out, please? That's speaker. Yeah. I don't know which speaker. Yeah, that's good. <clears throat> now verse 50, second thing. Yes, we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he did not raise up if in fact the dead do not rise. But if Jesus does not rise, all of us are false witnesses. Jesus is not risen from the dead. Our preaching is empty. Our faith is empty. You know what we are all? We are all false witnesses. What do we say? Christ in me. But how can he be if he did not rise from the dead? We are all false witnesses. If Christ has not risen from the dead. Third one. 17. If Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Can you see the implications of Resurrection Sunday? If Jesus did not rise from the dead, you know what? We are dead in our sins. Our faith is futile. We will all have to account for our sins. And the wages of sins is death. Our faith is futile and we are all in our sins. You may feel good and forgiven, but you are not forgiven. Every sin will be counted, will, be, will have to be accounted for. We are destined for destruction. If Christ is not risen. And verse 18, And those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. What about all the loved ones we saw? What my father? Who believed in Christ two days before he died. And all the others. So many millions who put their trust in Christ and they died. You know what? They have perished. If Christ is not risen. We take sometimes resurrection granted. But we don't understand the implications of resurrection. If resurrection did not take place. If Christ is not risen from the dead. Everyone who believed in him and fell asleep in Christ have actually perished. They are gone. They are done. They are doomed. And verse 19. If Christ is not risen from the dead. If in this life only we have hope in Christ. We are of all men the most pitiable. If Christ is not risen from the dead and we put our trust in him, but he is not risen from the dead, of all the people in the world, we are the most pitiable. Most pitiable. So we need to look at how much hangs on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's why, as C.S. Lewis said, the central event of Christianity is not the teachings of Jesus Christ. Not even death of Jesus Christ. Very close. But it is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And for 40 days, after he rose, for 40 days, Jesus 
appeared to his disciples. Only to the disciples. He never appeared to somebody who did not believe in him. He appeared only to his disciples to prove the resurrection. And then they went out. On the day of Pentecost, ten days after he rose, he received the power and he went. They went out. You know what they preached? They preached the resurrection. That was what was upsetting everybody. Jerusalem was upset because they preached the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let's look at the first message that was preached in Acts chapter 2, verses 22 onwards. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders and signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourself also know. Yes. Can we come down? Yeah. 323. Him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death. Whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. Verse 24. Yeah, held by it. Then verse 25 onwards. For David says concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is at my right hand and I may not be shaken. So he's going now to the Psalms and David's Psalm. But David was not talking about himself. He was talking about Jesus. Therefore my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope. What is that? Yeah. For you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full joy in your presence. So David was not talking about David. He was talking about Jesus Christ. And Paul is going to Psalm 16 and talking about the resurrection. And further, yeah. Verse 29, men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne, he, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of Christ. That his soul was not left in Hades, nor his flesh see corruption. This Jesus, God has raised up of which we are all witnesses. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he says himself, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand, till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. That is when they were cut to the heart, because he was not preaching about a crucified Christ. He was preaching about a risen Christ. From Acts chapter 2 from the first message. The message is about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because it changes everything. It changes everything. A dead Jesus does not change anything. 
It's the risen Jesus that changes everything. Like I have preached before. You can take the founder of any religion. Buddha. Buddha is dead. It doesn't change Buddhism. Buddhism is a set of teachings. Muhammad is dead. Muhammad is dead. Right? Moses who brought the law is dead. <laughs> David is dead. All the founders of all religions are dead. But Christ is not dead. And if Christ is dead, Christianity is dead. Christianity is dead. Christianity rests on the life, the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's not resting on the teachings. Teachings comes only after that. He's not a teacher. He's not a teacher. He's a savior. All the founders of religion were teachers. Jesus also is a teacher, but he's not primarily a teacher. He's a savior. So we ignore the resurrection only at our own peril. In Acts chapter 5, you will see again, verse 27 to 30. When they had brought them, they set them before the council and the high priest asked them, this is Peter and John, saying, did we not strictly command you not to teach in his, this, teach in this name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us. And Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. What gave them the courage to preach in spite of the warnings from the high priest and the Sanhedrin? Because Jesus was risen. Jesus was risen. He said, you hung him, you killed him, but God raised him up. So whether it was in the public square, whether it was before the Sanhedrin, what they preached was the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It was a great Chinese saint, Watchman Nee, who said, Our old history ends with the cross, and our new history begins with the resurrection. Take resurrection out, we won't be even sitting here. So what does resurrection do for us? What does it do for us? Okay, we have to understand the fundamental principle. Go back to Acts 5, verse 30 and verse 31. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Him God has exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. The first thing that God does, because Jesus is risen from the dead, he gives us the gift of repentance. There's a repentance in the Old Testament and there's a repentance in the New Covenant which are completely different. They are not the same. They are not the same. The repentance in the New Covenant is different. Because this is a repentance that is granted. The other one, it was primarily only a change of mind. But the Old Covenant people did not have the power to change their lives. The new covenant repentance, the gift of repentance is a gift given by God to everyone because Jesus rose from the dead. A changed life, a new life, completely new life is possible because of the resurrection. That is why those who were baptized went through John's baptism was only a preparation to receive the resurrection life. 
So when Jesus, um, Paul goes to Ephesus, when he says they have not received the Holy Spirit, he says, whose baptism did you receive? They said, John's. But that baptism was a baptism of repentance. And it is not the same repentance which God offers because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's a completely new life. It is different. It changes our life. If you turn with me to Acts chapter 3 and verse 26. To you, God having raised up his servant Jesus, send him to bless you in turning away every one of you from your iniquities. How does the resurrection come together? You see, God raised him up and we have been given the power to turn away from our iniquities. Which they did not have in the old covenant. They did not have in the old covenant. You understand the privilege of the new covenant people. What the resurrection does. It gives us the gift of repentance. Second, Romans 4.25 Who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. It is the resurrection of Jesus Christ that justifies us. If he is not risen, we are not justified. Justified means just as if we never sinned. It is not the death. It is the resurrection. He was offered for or delivered for our offenses. But we are not justified by the cross. We are justified by the resurrection. When you stand before God, otherwise everyone will stand like a forgiven sinner. But because of the resurrection, we stand before God not as a forgiven sinner, but as a saint. Not just as a forgiven sinner. That was there in the old covenant. But we are seen as saints because of the resurrection. We are justified. Because it's a huge word. (coughs) Justified means just as if we never sinned. Meaning we have now peace with God. That is the next verse, 5.1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Faith in what? Faith in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So first we are given the gift of repentance because of the resurrection. The gift of repentance. A completely different repentance. The power for a new life. Second, we are justified before God. Because of the resurrection. And we have peace with God. Okay. And what's the proof? That he is risen. He is not dead. Third. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. <clears throat> Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who according to his abundant mercy. Had begotten us again to a living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So now when we live. Unlike the old generation. Second, uh, old, old covenant people. They were not very sure. <laughs> they were not sure. They had no clue. Okay, But we have a living hope. We don't have a dead hope. Our hope is living. Our hope is living. Meaning, if somebody who is saved were to fall dead now, <laughs> even while you are living, you know where you are going. It's a living hope. Why? Because Jesus rose from the dead. We know we will also rise from the dead. In the old covenant, Elijah and Elisha brought a few people back to life. But they all died. They all died. Nobody rose from the dead never to die again. Only Jesus. 
And because Jesus rose from the dead, because of his resurrection, we have been begotten or we have been birthed into a living hope. You have to see funerals. Then only you will understand how important this is. How important it is. How important it is. All you see in funerals is hopelessness. Hopelessness. But when saints die, they have a living hope. There is no fear. You don't see Stephen fearing death. He's praying for his accusers. You don't see Paul defeated in prison, waiting execution. Scripture says, he says, I have finished my race. You don't see Peter in Second Peter's depressed. He says, it's time for me to put this tent off. You don't see Peter in prison agitated because he's set for execution. The next day, he's sleeping peacefully. Yet you see people in the old covenant die. They were insured. They were insured. The last words of Solomon in Ecclesiastic is not a very comforting. This is the end of this. Fear God and keep his commandments. You don't see this living hope in them. We should have that because Christ is risen. New birth is not something you do. Begotten. New birth is something God does in us. It's a result of the resurrection. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5 and 6. Even when we were dead in trespasses. We were dead in our sins. What did God do? He made us alive together with Christ. When Christ rose from the dead, we all rose from the dead. With him. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Everyone who saved from the first day till the last day is already in Christ. That's how the father sees. You know why? Because when the head rose, the body rose with it. That's why God said of all born of women in the old covenant, the greatest to us, John. But the least in the kingdom of God is greater than. That's why you see the depression of John the Baptist in prison and the excitement of Paul and Silas in prison are completely different. You will ask, why is it so different? Why is Paul so depressed? Why is John so depressed in prison? And why is Paul and Silas singing in prison? It's because the resurrection changes everything. It changed everything. It's the resurrection that changed everything. If the resurrection hadn't taken place, Paul and Silas also would be wondering, what is this happening? What a waste. Did he really die for us? Is this worth anything? But you see, you don't see that in the new covenant in these saints. Because the resurrection was a living thing for them. And Christ in them was living. The fourth thing. <clears throat> the blood of Jesus. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 7. But into the second part, the high priest went alone once a year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the people since committed in ignorance. We know every year on the day of atonement in the old covenant, the high priest went into the holy of holies. He went with the blood for himself, for the nation. He sprinkled the blood on the mercy seat and fearfully he came out. Every year he had to go in. 
But, in verse 11 and 12, you will see, when Christ came as high priest of good things to come, with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, but not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place, and once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. Because he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven with his own blood. If he had not risen, the old covenant thing would be still continuing. Still continuing. Every year you have to go through the Passover, you have to go through the atonement, you have to go through peace offerings. Blood would be flowing like a river still. You know why it all stopped? Because he rose from the dead. He rose from the dead. And he did not go with the blood of goats and bulls. He went with his own blood. We think the blood fell down and dried on the ground. No, the blood was collected. It was collected by the angels. It was kept. And the blood was taken. Because he rose. And what did he obtain? He obtained eternal redemption. For them it lasted only one year. One year guarantee only. No, you buy stuff, you get one year guarantee. Only one year guarantee the blood of goats and calves had only one year. Next year again the high priest has to go. But when Jesus went in, it is not one year. It is eternal redemption. You know why he could go in? Because he rose from the dead. If he had not risen from the dead, we would not have obtained eternal. That is why we have this eternal security of salvation. They did not have. They did not have. We have. How can you have eternal security? Because he went in to the Holy of Holies. He rose from the dead. He took his own precious blood. He sprinkled on the mercy seat on heaven and the Father is satisfied. The Father is satisfied. So Jesus rose from the dead and therefore the blood was taken into the Holy of Holies. And that blood obtains an eternal redemption. The fifth thing. First Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5. There is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. You know the cry in the book of Job is that I looked for somebody, somebody who would plead with God for me. That was his cry. This is the cry of God. Who can plead with God? Who at the same time, who can understand man? One man. Jesus Christ. He's a mediator between man and God, and he's a prediction between God and man. Why? Because he rose from the dead. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, we have no mediator. We have nobody to speak for us. Nobody. Hebrews 12 and verse 24. To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. He's a mediator. He speaks for us and his blood speaks for us. Blood speaks for us. Romans 8.34 Who is he that condemns? It is Christ who died. And furthermore is also risen. And is even at the right hand of God who also makes intercession for us. The reality of it, we are all sitting over here, I'm preaching from here, but Christ is seated on the right hand of the side of God and interceding for us. You know why he's interceding for us? Because he's risen. 
We have a mediator. We have an intercessor. We have somebody who mediates between God and man, who speaks to God on behalf of man and speaks to man on behalf of God. We have a mediator. And he's just not a mediator. He's an intercessor. He intercedes for us. Think about all these things. What if Jesus is not risen? Who speaks for us? Why are we not consumed? Why are we not consumed? Why are we not destroyed? Like Israel was. Why? Because there is somebody standing in between. Somebody standing in between. And he's not a dead Jesus. It's a risen Jesus. He mediates for us. He intercedes for us. Who wants to save us continuously. Romans 5.10 For when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. How much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. His death brought reconciliation. His life, his resurrection brings salvation. Continuously his life. Life means his resurrection. He's resurrected. Therefore it saves. Romans Hebrews 7.25 Therefore he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him. Since he always lives to make intercession for them. Think about it. Think about it. He is forever living to make intercession for us. The result of resurrection. If there is no resurrection, there is nobody speaking for us. There is nobody who is able to save us. He is able to save to the uttermost. The high priest couldn't save anybody. He couldn't save anybody. You couldn't even meet the high priest in the old covenant. First he had to save himself. He had to offer blood for himself. He was powerless. But we have a living high priest. If we go to him, he will save us. How much will he save us? He will save us to the uttermost. You know why? Because he rose from the dead. Not alone. Sixth thing. John chapter 14, verses 1 to 3. Let your heart, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may also be. Let me tell you, he is not in the grave. Otherwise we will all end up in the grave with him. Because he rose, because he rose, he is preparing a place for his people. We are not going to an unprepared place. We are going to a prepared place. And he calls it mansions. We are going to a prepared place. No. Most of us sitting over here, we don't own up house of our own. Most people sitting here, or maybe everybody sitting here, don't own a house in which we stay. Everybody who live in rented places, so show your hands. <laughs> See, everybody lives in rented places. I will tell you one thing. Because he rose, you will not be living in rented apartments in heaven. 
all of us will have only one landlord and he will be our father you know why that is that is why they were able to look at life and the problems of life as momentary afflictions they knew this is nothing this is nothing what was coming in coming in old covenant no they wanted to live <laughs> they wanted to live as long as possible because after death it was a vacuum they did not know they wanted to be buried in a particular place they were all worried about all those things new covenant everything changed people are not worried about life they are always looking forward to the other side you know why because he rose i hope so because the other life was the interesting part because you know why because he rose from the dead if he did not rise from the dead then everything else he said is false you don't have to take it doesn't mean anything else it doesn't mean anything but if he rose from the dead then every word he said is true every word he said is true he says i go to prepare a place where i am do you know that no person of any religion has that hope has that hope there's no hope ask a hindu what's your hope migration keep on migrating because you know why why is it that there is no hope there because you do not have resurrection there you have no atonement for your sins there you have to atone for your sins yourself that's why there is no hope you have to atone and you know religion and what you believe will frame your thinking frame your thinking like you see who runs orphanages in india until recently christians like christians the mindset of an average hindu is not bothered about the orphans the crippled the lame the beggars you know why because the prime their mindset said it is karma you deserve it and if by helping them you may be harming them he has to live out his karma in islam if there is a resurrection it is only for men i don't hear what happens to women in islam no think about it buddhism no again migration 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 i used to talk to my buddhist friends and he says what is you no our desire is that after migrating so many times one time i will become a lama end up higher higher and become a lama i said when you go to the market you see what the lamas do right because it's full of lamas not illamas lamas and they are standing there drunk with one bottle in hand i said if that is what you are hoping for after many thousands of migrations what is your hope that's a question we need to ask if christ is not risen from the dead then everything that we preach and say and believe is futile we are just like the people without hope without hope no hope no but if christ is risen from the dead we are people who are not afraid of death and every man on earth is afraid of death we are not afraid of death why because 
he rose from the dead. Because Buddha didn't rise from the dead. Muhammad didn't rise from the dead. No saint preacher in Hinduism rose from the dead. You go to different parts, Sri Lanka, Thailand, different, different places, you will see different body parts of Buddha kept there and big tombs built over it. The tomb of Muhammad is also there. It's only one tomb that is empty. It's the tomb of Christ. Every founder of every religion is still buried. Christ is not. So we need to realize we are not following a religion. Don't you ever follow the religion called Christianity. You are following a living person. He's alive. And he's seated on the right hand side of the Father. That is why it is because Christ rose from the dead, Friday became Good Friday. Otherwise it would be a bad Friday. It would be an evil Friday. It would have been a sad Friday. But no. It's not a sad Friday. It's a good Friday. You know why it's a good Friday? It's because he rose from the dead. He became atonement for our sins. And because he rose, we have hope. So if Christ rose from the dead, then what is my response? What is your response? What should be our response? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 to 20. If Christ is risen, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly place. What is he saying? What is Paul saying? Paul says, remember this is the prayer we used to pray every Sunday for years together in our beginning years. He says, this is my prayer, that our eyes would be open to the resurrection power. What raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that birthed us in Jesus Christ. Would you please ask God to open our eyes to know what is available to us inside? The resurrection power. You know, you could have a million dollars in the bank, but if you do not know you have it, it is worth nothing. It's worth nothing. Or you could have a child here, let us say a small child, sleeping children are over, let us say uh, Davinia, the little one, one year old. She's got a million dollars in her bank. And she has no clue what money is and what to do with it. It is useless. It is useless. So we need to understand, this is what Paul is. Why was God able to use this man more than any living man? Is simply because he understood the power of resurrection. He understood the power of resurrection. Most people understand the death of Jesus Christ. He died on the cross and they say, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, I am forgiven. That's all they know. They don't know the other side. The resurrection power of Christ Jesus. That is his prayer. That we would know, that we would know this incredible power towards us. What is that power? The same power that raised Jesus up from the dead. The greatest act of God 
ever from creation till the end, the greatest act of God was raising Jesus from the dead. We think it's creation. No, it is not creation. The greatest act of God is raising Jesus from the dead because when Jesus rose from the dead, everybody rises from the dead, those who believe in him. Everybody. All of Satan's plans were foiled by the resurrection. Romans 8 and verse 11. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. The Holy Spirit, the person and his power. If he dwells in you who raised Jesus from the dead, he will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. The same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead. The spirit and his power. He says the same spirit dwells in us. It's no difference. You know what? We have See, that's why we are called more than conquerors. You need to understand the term. You are more than conquerors. I heard an old time pastor describe and uh, more than conquerors. He says, there was this prize champion. He was in the ring. And the rounds went to eight rounds, ten rounds. And ultimately he won. By the time he is won, he is bruised, he is battered, he is bleeding, but he is the champion. He gets the belt and he gets a check for a thousand, a million dollars. And then he goes home, takes the belt, puts it around his wife's neck and gives her the check of a million dollars. And the pastor says, he was the conqueror. She is more than a conqueror. She didn't have to fight at all, but she got the crown and the check. That's exactly that is what we are called. Did we fight death? No. Did we fight the devil? No. Did we fight sin? No, he did. Then he takes it and puts it around our neck and says, you are all more than conquerors in me. I did it for you. That is what is available to us. Let me tell you a simple truth. When Jesus came in the flesh and we in the flesh, we are more blessed than Jesus in the flesh. He had to fight every day of his life. We don't have to. He fought for us. He had to fight, win every day, die on the cross, then has to be raised from the ground by the Spirit, and then He gives us that Spirit. People do not understand what salvation means, and we live defeated lives because we do not understand the power of resurrection. And that's what He was talking about. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, He dwells in us. He who raised from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. You know what he says? You can look victorious. With the same spirit. Spirit. Jesus was the conqueror. The church is more than a conqueror. Conqueror. Because he took his victory and gave it to us. He gave it to us. So there is the person. The person of the Holy Spirit is released to us. Because Jesus rose from the dead. And there is the power, Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. His divine power, that's the resurrection power, has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. It's given to us all things. That's what I said. You could have a million dollars in the bank and not know about it. You say, Lord, God says you don't need one more thing. 
to be victorious in your life. I have already given it to you. What is that? I have given you my spirit and the power of my spirit. Given you my spirit and I have given you the power of my spirit. Just listen to him. Use that power. Everything that you need for life and godliness is given. Why? Because he rose from the dead. These are the benefits of resurrection. Ephesians 4 and verse 24. The power that you put on the new man which was created according to God. In true righteousness and read that verse once again. What are the two primary characteristics of God? God is holy, God is righteous. And the new man in you and me, because of the resurrection power of Christ, is made exactly in the holiness and the righteousness of God. When the devil said, if you eat of this fruit, you will become like God, was a lie. But we have become like God when we are born again by the same spirit. In true righteousness and in true holiness. You know why? Because he rose from the dead. For every born-again child of God, when God looks into you and sees that born-again person inside you, he doesn't see any guilt. He doesn't see any guilt. He sees you true holiness and true righteousness because you're birthed by the Spirit of God. That is why 1 John chapter 3 will say, the one who is born from God cannot sin. Cannot. It's the old man who sins. So the only thing God tells is put the old man to death. The new born again man cannot sin. Cannot sin. It's impossible for him to sin. He cannot be unrighteous. He cannot be unholy. Because he has been created according to God in true righteousness and true holiness. And if we understand the power of resurrection and allow that person to keep growing, and use the same power of resurrection to put to death the other person. One, put to death the old person and allow the new person to keep growing. God says, you know what? You're good. You're good. You're seated with my son on his throne. That is the power created to be like God. Like God. Remember the two things about God more than anything else. He is holy. He is righteous. He is holy. He is righteous. What did the resurrection power of God do? What did the spirit who raised Jesus from the dead do when we believed in Jesus Christ? You know what he did? He created a new man inside in true righteousness and true holiness. What is that? The righteousness of God. The holiness of God. Think about it. This is what all the saints of the old covenant dreamt of. Not possible. It was not possible for them. Why? Christ did not rise for them. Christ rose for us. Not possible. So don't discount Resurrection Sunday. Don't discount what happened on Resurrection. Third thing. Romans 8 and verse 29. What does the resurrection do? For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. God made a decision. Everyone who is born again ultimately will be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. And if you look at Second Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18, 
we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the lord are being transformed into the same image we may not see it because it's happening inside all we look in the mirror is that we are growing older but what is happening inside nobody is growing older inside everybody is changing in the glory of christ from glory to glory to glory to glory we are being changed you know why because he rose from the dead it's a result of the resurrection the result of the resurrection that is what is happening we are being transformed into what image same image same image of what the image of christ he's the first born everybody who is born of the same spirit is being being changed inside we don't see it but one day we will see it that's why we are called treasures in earthen vessels is being changed we are being changed and that's why we are able from glory to glory by has just as by the spirit of the lord the spirit of god who is doing that work why was the spirit released because christ rose from the dead and christ was glorified and the spirit was released philippians chapter 2 sorry uh, acts chapter 1 and verse 8 because of the resurrection of jesus christ what are we given you shall receive power when the holy spirit has come upon you that you shall be what what are we witnesses of his resurrection of his resurrection that's why we need to understand what do we witness what is our life witness why do we not react like others when we go through trials and testings and tragedies is simply because of the resurrection that is our witness why because of his resurrection we are witnesses of his resurrection because if he rose from the dead he is sitting on high he is preparing a place for us death has been overcome then meaning of life has changed That is why the Bible says when Paul and Silas were taken, stripped, beaten, thrown into the prison at the midnight hour, and they were singing, the Bible says all the captives were listening. Everybody was listening. What were they listening? They were listening to the resurrection power of Christ. They were listening. That's why when you go to your offices and your workplaces and all, everybody sitting around has their problems and their issues and when they are discussing it to you, your response is different. You know why? You are witnessing to the resurrection power of Christ. They will say you have no problems, you say I have more. Then why do you react like that? It's because he is alive and he's alive in me. It's not that we don't have less problems. Christians may have more problems. You know why? Because we can handle it. you should say gentiles should have less problems on lord because they do not have the resurrection power they do not have the resurrection power remember once this ac remember all days when this acs were put it blew off because the system did not have the capacity to handle five acs of two ton each it blew off gentiles blow off when they do not when they have when they have troubles because they and what is the solution to troubles it is always money if i have money right i can handle it but what is the first statement the disciples make gold and silver we do not have but what we have what is that they have the resurrection power 
what gold and money could not buy could not buy resurrection power does it heals and if you die it resurrects so either way we are not afraid of sickness if you have sickness we believe by his stripes we are healed and on the other hand you are not healed you die we are still not bothered because we know we do not die anyone who believes in jesus christ he does not die even if he dies he lives let me ask you where can you get a deal like that in life think about it which religion offers you that which god offers you that deal living you are victorious dead you are victorious in english we say heads you win tails heads i win tails you lose god has given a deal to his people that is no way you can lose in life no way we can lose in life you know why because of the resurrection because he rose from the dead not because he died on the cross but because he rose the death on the cross had its own benefits and blessings but it would have still stopped when we died you would be healed because of his stripes but you when you die you die you never rise again every that's why it says if only in this life you have hope in christ you can have hope in christ in this life that is before resurrection up to good friday <laughs> the benefit still good friday after that benefits is gone he died he didn't rise we die we also don't rise the most pitiable but because he rose because he rose so what happens we have power he gives us the power power for what to be his witnesses second corinthians 5 19 and 20 <clears throat> that is that god was in christ reconciling the world to himself not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation now then we are ambassadors for christ as though god were pleading through us we implore you on christ's behalf to be reconciled to god what we have what have we become what did the resurrection make us all make us all ambassadors what is the purpose of an ambassador the purpose of an ambassador is to bring ties between two countries to the best possible the ambassador of any country into india his job is to see his country and india have a very good deal best interest that's what our job is why because he risen because he rose and he first reconciled us to god now he sends us as his witnesses with the resurrection power okay there is ambassadors have power you know ambassadors have power they cannot be touched they cannot be arrested they have got what is called diplomatic immunity diplomatic immunity when it comes to powers of darkness spiritual forces of wickedness we have diplomatic immunity if you believe they cannot touch you they cannot touch you because we have immunity not with flesh and blood that's why the bible says we do not fight flesh and blood we are fighting powers of darkness they cannot do anything to us if you believe they cannot do anything to us because we are ambassadors of god in this world we have the power of the kingdom for what to reconcile others to christ we are his witnesses but where does the power come from the power comes from resurrection 
Philippians chapter 2. Verse 5 onwards. This is Jesus. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God. Did not consider robbery to be equal with God. Made himself of no reputation. Taking the form of a bond servant. Coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself. Became obedient to the point of death. Even death on the cross. That's up to Good Friday. And then. Therefore God also has highly exalted him. He lifted him up. He resurrected him. Not only resurrected him. Lifted him up. And given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus. Every knee should bow. Of those in heaven. Those on earth. Those under the earth. And and every tongue should confess. Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. What does it mean? It means Christ was given After the resurrection, because of the resurrection, he has been given the name above every other name. Because he's risen, not because he died. If he had just died and not risen, he wouldn't have got a name. He's risen, so he has been given the name above every other name. How does it, how does it affect us? Matthew 28. The name above every other name. Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. You know why? Because he rose from the dead. He overcame sin. He overcame death. He rose from the dead. His name is the highest name in heaven. All authority and power is given to him. And in his name we are sent out as ambassadors. The name Behind our going forth is the highest name in the heavens and on earth. Understand what the resurrection does. Mark chapter 16. What does it do? Verse 17. These signs will follow those who believe in my name. What did the resurrection do to Jesus? It gave him a name above every other name. All authority and power on heaven and earth is given to him, to his name. And he has given us his name. And he says, in my name, they will cast out demons. Not that demons will harass you. You will cast out demons. You have given power. Why? Because of the resurrection. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And you have to believe. How can you drink something and not be harmed? Somebody poisons you, but you don't die. You know why? Because inside is resurrection power. The power that overcame death. The power that... What is the purpose of poison? To kill you. But what is the power inside? That overcomes death. God said this will only follow those who believe. And our entire issue is with believing. That's why everybody is sitting still and nobody is excited. If you were excited, you wouldn't be sitting like this. If I were to tell you that Monday the 5th of April, go check your bank balance. I heard everybody is going to get 10 lakhs in your bank. Everybody will be jumping. Ah, hallelujah. They will be checking, scrolling through the account. I'm telling you, this is honestly the problem with Christians. We think just like the world. If somebody were to give you money, big amount comes into your account, we get so excited. Here God has given us 
the resurrection power, the greatest power. The power that raised his son from the dead. Seated him on the, he has given us his name. He has given us his authority. Nobody is excited. Nobody is excited. At the end of the day, question is, Think about it for what more can God give? What more? Because this is our issue. Right? Luke 10, 19. What does he says? Behold, I give you authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. The entire old covenant and the entire Gentile world, their testimony is harassment by demons. Control by demons. Oppression by demons. What does God give us? The resurrection power to trample upon them. To tell the devil, you have only one place in my life. It is under my feet. We have no other place. That's what the resurrection power does. Where do you belong? Under my shoes. Stay there. Stay there. This is what the resurrection does. So what is our issue? What is our issue? The same issue they all struggled with. Go to Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. Verses 9 onwards. Okay, this is his resurrection Sunday morning. Now when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom had he cast seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. And verse 11, when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they did not believe. They're still mourning and weeping. A lot of Christians are still mourning and weeping. Lord, what is happening, Lord? They're like Jacob. Remember Jacob? Sons brought his coat and said, Daddy, is this your sons? We found it with blood. Oh, my son is dead. I don't want to live anymore. He then got into his bed, pulled the blanket over his head and says, all I want to do is die. Is Joseph dead? He's on the way to becoming a king. Father is acting as if he's dead. And that's how Christians live. Jesus is. We sing, alive, alive, alive forever more. But we live dead. We sing alive, we live dead. Why? Because we really, truly do not believe. Our struggle is with belief. That is why Jesus says all things are possible to him or her who believes. Believe. And that's why we have to meditate upon the word of God. Meditate upon my word. The person becomes alive. We're not memorizing scripture. We're not memorizing scripture. We should memorize scriptures. But we are not memorizing scriptures. We are living with a person who is in the scriptures. A living person. Right? When you get letters, you get a mail from somebody you know, somebody you love, when you are reading the letter, you are not looking at the words. You are looking at the voice of the person. Isn't it? It's a voice of the It's a person that... We don't read all mails. We get so much in our junk folder. Do we read all that? They do our mails, but they don't mean anything to us. But if it is from a person who means something to us, we read that mail. See... Both mails in the junk folder and your personal folder, both is written in English. The words may be identical. 
But the response is different. But this person is living. This person is living. This person means to something to us. The words mean something to us. It strikes a chord in us. Because a person is living and the person means something to us. Until this person becomes living, this word of God is not going to work in us. It's not going to work in us. When is it going to work to us? Is when the person, that is why Jesus asked them, you search the scriptures, what are you searching for? What are you searching for? The scriptures speak about me. We saw when we began today's session, we began from Acts chapter 2. What is Acts chapter 2, the first sermon from Peter about? It's about David. What was David seeing? David was understanding the promise of God in a vision. That there would be a seed from his body who would be on the throne of David forever. He saw Christ. When Jesus said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. What did Abraham see? He saw Christ. What did they see Christ? They did not see Christ crucified. They saw Christ seated on the throne. That is why the crucifixion was missed by the old covenant saints because God did not show it to them. He only showed the resurrected Christ to them. They never saw the crucifixion. They never understood the crucifixion. Abraham did not understand the crucifixion. David did not understand the crucifixion. None of the prophets understood the crucifixion. But they understood one thing. The Son of God is seated on the right hand side of the Father. His body did not go through corruption. They didn't understand that. They know that he's alive and he's seated on the throne. But how much for us who live on this side of the cross, this side of the crucifixion, this side of the resurrection, God says, do you believe? Because what happened? They did not. They did not believe and go further. After that, he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country. This is the road to Emmaus, remember? And they went and told it to the rest, but they did not believe. They did not. See, from the beginning, there was an issue. <coughs> People struggled with the resurrection. Though he appeared to them. So what changed? Pentecost changed. Pentecost changed them. Because the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, the same person who raised Jesus from the dead came to live in them. The same spirit. Without the spirit, you cannot actually with conviction and reality say, Abba Father. The spirit is within you. You say, Abba Father. You know why? Because you know he is risen and it's the same spirit in you. That is the difference. Same spirit. The resurrection changed everything. Come further down. Verse 13. Yeah. And they went and told they did not believe. Later he appeared to the leaven as they sat at the table and he rebuked their unbelief. Even today, if God is rebuking you, he's rebuking our unbelief. And hardness of heart. Hardness of heart. Let me tell you one thing. There is nothing more God will do. Nothing. Please close the door when you go out. You know, Nothing more God will do. Everything that can be done is already done. And God doesn't have to do one more thing for anybody. Sin has been taken care of. Death has been overcome. And to live victoriously, you have been born by the Spirit and the resurrection power is given. Nothing more God has to do. Everything. That is why it is written. He has given all things. Not that he will give. 
given. All things pertaining to life and God in it. His divine power. What is that power? That's a resurrection power. And what is we are supposed to do? Discover it. Know that person. Allow the person more and more control each day. Surrender to that person. Surrender to that power. And live without fear. Why? What is man's great fear? How did the devil hold everybody? That's Hebrews 2.14. How did he hold everybody captive? With the fear of death. The fear of, why is COVID creating so much? Fear. It's only because of death. That's why they have to keep that fear up by saying casualty rates, casualty rates, casualty rates. If everybody got COVID and nobody died, there is no fear. There's no fear. It is the death that comes through COVID that creates this fear. One, because it's easily transmitted. Second, it can become fatal. It causes fear. What does it say? In as much then as children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same that through death he might destroy him. Who is that? Satan, who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Now why we are in bondage? Because we fear death. We fear death. Why don't people get married? Those who don't get married, because they are afraid. If I get married, my marriage may, marriage may fail. You can bring fear of death into almost everything. How it cripples you. Fear of death into everything. You know what? You have, you know how you overcome? You have to bring the resurrection power into everything. And you overcome fear. Anything can be resurrected. If anything is of God, it can be resurrected. That is why Jesus went around saying, I am the resurrection and the life. Anything can be resurrected. A lot of people have given up on their careers. They said, I can't do anything better than this. You know why? Because you have given up. You have to bring the resurrection into it. Into your life, into your home, into your career, into everything. You have to bring the resurrection power. What is resurrection? It brings something that is dead back to life. But be sure it is from God. Don't take something that is ungodly and try to put resurrection power. All you will get is fire. It will consume you. Don't do that. Be very sure it is of God. And apply the power of God into it. Like I said, we are the most blessed people on earth. Most blessed people on earth. Because both sides of life has been taken care of. In this life, everything that is pertaining to life, His divine power has given. To that side, everything pertaining to godliness has been given to us. True righteousness and true holiness. Everything has been taken care of. And yet, people live with these long faces. The only thing that excites them is death. Why did I say that? Only thing that excites them is death. What is death? The world is dead. Sentence has already been passed on this world. Execution date is coming. This world will not go to an electric chair. It will be thrown into the furnace. It will be burnt. And we are excited by death. And we are not excited by the resurrection life. That's our problem. That's our problem. We are excited by death. 
If the ruler of the world already has been judged, the world is already judged. So sentence has to be carried out. Sentence also is already pronounced. What is that? It will be burned like in a furnace. Why do we get so excited about sports than Christ? Because we are dead. Shopping than Christ. Because we are dead. God is not saying that you shouldn't do this thing. But if you see the excitement levels with these things and the lack of excitement with Christ, it's because we are dead. Or our eyes are not open. We are alive inside, but we are babies. Babies. You pick any baby sitting over here. Give them a balloon and a 2,000 rupees note. They will go for the balloon. Straight away go for the balloon. Because the baby does not know. With this 2,000 rupees, you can buy 2,000 balloons. Does not know. And that's our problem. Power is there. The spirit is there. But our eyes are not opened. That is why Paul says, this is what I pray, Lord. Open our eyes. Open our eyes. So the question today before communion is this. Do we believe? What do we believe? How did we get saved? The most fundamental statement in the Bible about salvation. Romans 10. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart. What? That God, you don't believe in the resurrection, you cannot be saved. Cannot be saved. It's impossible to be saved if you don't believe in the resurrection. If you believe in your heart, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him up from the dead. Meaning you have to believe in your heart. If you believe in your heart, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you will live also accordingly. That's our problem. The problem. That's our problem. How do employees believe, work, when they know CCTV cameras are everywhere? Why do they work well? Let me ask you this question. Why do people work well when the CCTV cameras are there upon them? It's because they know the management is alive and watching. Alive and watching. Why do Christians live the lives they live? Because they, in their heart they don't really believe he's alive and is with us. Just become theology. It's not become reality. Reality. That's what he's talking about. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart, believe in your heart, what? He's not in the grave. He's risen. Everything changes. Everything changes. Okay? Everything changes. So when we, when we come to the Table today, the communion table. I'll ask the worship team to come, the elders to come. Remember, it is the Lord's table. This is not a dead man's table. This is not a dead man's table. This is a resurrected man's table. Dead people don't eat here. People who eat here are all alive. Alive. That's why the condition we put for eating, partaking in the Lord's table is that you were saved. You were baptized, meaning you died to the world. You are alive to, and if you are alive to Christ, partake of Christ's table. Because he's alive. He's not dead. 
is not dead. Come, let's worship him. I want to know the power of his resurrection. Where we end up in life, in eternity, will be dependent upon the power. We know vehicles. All kinds of vehicles are there. The vehicles which can travel longer and carry more Lord has more power. What has been given to us is resurrection power. The very power that raised Jesus from the dead. The fellowship of his sufferings. We, we only go through a fraction of it. Paul went through the probably the entire gamut of fellowship of sufferings with Christ Jesus. You know why? Because he understood the resurrection power. Like I said, whether you like it or not, suffering is part and parcel of the Christian's life. But the question is, how do we handle it? What has God given us to handle it? It is the power of his resurrection. And when you have these four things coming together, you know him, you have the power of resurrection, you now see his sufferings as fellowship, and you are conformed to his death. How did he walk on earth? He was dead to himself, alive to God and his will alone. He was living for God. He did not love his life. There's an order that is given over there. Okay, because these sufferings will bring this death. This power will help us to go through these sufferings. So he sums up his entire life. Philippians 3.10 is the life of Paul. This is what I want to know. And therefore he became the man to whom God revealed the most. The 13 letters of Paul is on which the church is built. And every letter is a revelation of God. If one man could speak on earth, I know him. And he says in Timothy, I know. I know whom I believe. How did he know? Because he understood the power of his resurrection. Don't waste that power. It is available to every child. That same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the spirit that lives in us. Without resurrection power, we will always fail. We will always struggle. Always struggle. So let this be our motto. Our year begins not on January 1st. Our year begins on Resurrection Sunday. The first day of the week. Our year begins then today. is the beginning of a new year for God's people. Because everything begins. A new creation begins on resurrection. Early in the morning tomb was empty. So as we stand we will worship <coughs> and we will make this our prayer. Lord I want to know you.
was Paul's prayer. I keep asking the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, that he may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that you may know him better. I pray also the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power for us who believe the power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him up from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Starting today, all of you who do not know these verses, mark it in your Bible and make it your prayer. Make it your prayer. Lord, open my eyes. Open my eyes. Lord, this is one thing I want to know. I want to know you. I want to know your power. I want to know you. I want to know your power. Because once I know you, I know what I have to become. Once I know your power, I know I have the power to become like you. True righteousness and true holiness. True holiness. That is what salvation is all about. Salvation is all about. And then you know, come each Sunday you come to church. Each Sunday you'll be more and more excited. The songs we used to sing in the old days, I fall in love with him over and over again, will become real songs. Because it is true, the more you know him, the more you will love him. The more you will love him, the more you will adore him, the more you will appreciate him. And it's all there, given, actually, pages of this book and inside of us, where the spirit is. That's the spirit that has been given to us. That's why new covenant people are different. They're a joyous crowd. Nothing could stop them. Beatings couldn't stop them. Death couldn't stop them. Prison walls couldn't stop them. Wherever they went, what they took with them was the power of resurrection. This morning we will pray. Father, we just come to you, Lord. This is our prayer. We want to know you. We are not satisfied, Lord. The more we hear, the more we read, the more, the more we realize how little we know you. How little we know you. We are like that proverbial little boy with a bucket at the edge of the ocean trying to empty the ocean. There's so much to you, Lord. So, so much. And you are a God who wants to reveal yourself to your children. Oh, Father. Touch us today. Create a desire, a hunger in us, O Lord, for you. Be hungry and thirsty for so many things of the world. But today, for us, the first day of the year, the Resurrection Sunday, I pray, create true desire. Because your word says in Jeremiah 9, it's not the man who is rich or wealthy or strong or powerful. It's not the one who is great. The one who is really great is the one who knows you. And ultimately, Lord, that's the only thing that will matter in life. Whether we know you and how much we know you. Create that desire. To know you. And the power of your resurrection. The fellowship of your sufferings and to be conformed to your death so that you can live through us to the glory of the Father. 
I pray Lord let it be everyone's prayer. Every man, woman and child who understands. I pray Lord let that there be their prayer every day. I want to know you. The power of your resurrection. We want to know Lord. To that end we commit ourselves as a church. It's a body of Christ here everywhere. We just surrender ourselves to that purpose of Lord. To know you. To know the power of your resurrection. To be your witnesses. And to be the ambassadors of Christ. To reconcile our world back to God. Use us Lord. In whatever way you fit. Use us Lord. For your glory. Use us for your glory. Thank you Father. Thank you. Come with the church into the hands. I pray Lord you will reach out and touch everyone. Especially those who are not well in their body. I pray Lord you would touch and you would heal them. Touch and heal them. Touch Lord. Heal Lord. The presence of God be with each one. Go with each one. Meet your people at their point of need. The summer is here. It's a blazing 40. But we have a promise of the living God that the sun will not smite us by day. We stand on the promises because these promises are not given by a dead God, but a living God. Not just an ordinary God, the God who is in the highest. And we can ask in the name that is above every other name. And your word says every promise in the book is yes and amen in your name. Oh, Father, help us to understand and know what resurrection means. What it means. Help us to believe in the resurrection. And walk in the power of the resurrection. And look death in the eye and laugh. For us to live or die is gain. There is no more loss for God's people. To live or to die is gain because of the resurrection. If we live, we live in the resurrection power. If we die, we are resurrected immediately. That's the truth, Lord. I pray this truth will go deep into our hearts and we will walk in it. Thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We commit the fellowship lunch later into thy hands. Pray the hand of God would be there upon everyone as we fellowship too, Lord. Protect us preserve us, keep us. Thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, we worship you, we glorify you, Lord. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each one of us. Amen and amen and amen.